Hello and welcome everyone to Drag Me Up with Willie Valentine. This is episode 11, I believe, and I am here with Ron Francisco from RFS Entertainment. How are hey you guys, doing how are you doing today? <laughs> doing well, it's good to have you on. Yes, thank you for having me. Of course. So you're kind of taking this Atlanta scene by storm, I mean, uh, giving show, like, yeah, I know, like, Watch Singing Wednesday and Pop Rocks and Community and Drag Me to Brunch. Uh, just so many different projects and outlets for performers. Uh, what kind of got you started in this producing drag shows? Uh, Alright, well honestly, um, I, I fell in love with drag when I was 18 years old. Uh, went to my first gay club at 18 when I first came out and saw this performer. Her name was Princess Janae. Uh, she was a six foot six African-American loud, crazy, just very commanding presence queen. Um, and from when I saw her perform and how she was interacting with the audience and um, just how everybody reacted to her, I was immediately drawn in. And I said, this is something I'm going to watch all the time. This is something I want to be a part of. Um, and then uh, down the road, maybe not even three shows of me watching her, she kind of took me under her wing and I got to see the ins and outs of everything. Oh, wow. So I got to see... Um, you know, obviously the transformation from, you know, whether it's a male performer or a female performer into being a king or a queen, um, and that astounded me. And I was like, I have to definitely want to keep sticking around and watching this. Uh, and then just how they performed and what it took, and uh, from the makeup skills, from going out to getting their costumes done, from them making their costumes themselves, um, how they chose their music, whether it was for emotional purposes, whether it was entertainment purposes, the whole entire thing of drag was just... Oh, absolutely. It's awesome to me. <laughs> it, it really is. I came in sort of as an outsider. Like, I'd seen RuPaul's, like, the show, and I was like, okay, that's one thing. And then went to started dating a performer and yeah. didn't see local drag. It's like... It's so different. And, it really is. And I think it's... And I'm personally... I know I'm biased because I am a local performer, but... Yeah. There's something almost... There's a different entertainment to it. Because you are... It's not, it's not, I don't want to use more genuine, but... It's just you can tell... I feel like you can see the passion in a lot of these performers. I can agree with that. I actually... Uh, not, nothing against you know, the professional girls you see on RuPaul because I love them. I love RuPaul's Drag Race. Huge fan. Sure. Um, of any kind of drag competition. Anything that has drag, I am a fan of. <laughs> but what I love to see is the passion and the hunger uh, behind the eyes of the up-and-coming performers. You know, whether they're kings, queens, bio-queens, bio-kings, uh, trans. Uh, when I see that hunger, that's why I continue to do what I do. Because there needs to be a place for the talent and for this outlet and for people to grow. And um, also, too, what I love to do is I, I, in the sense, not only do I do show directing and, you know, these, these shows of all different natures, but I also, in the same sense, I like to mentor. So if there's anything that I've learned from Queens, Kings, and any kind of type of performance in the past, I like to pass that knowledge along. So that way, you know, you can take that knowledge and use what you will. That's yeah, up sure. to you. You know, everybody's their own, own different person. But um, I feel like it helps uh, shape and kind of helps a, a performer grow. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Uh, I've noticed that a lot. And that's one thing I like hearing the take what you will of the advice. Because I've known a few different queens and kings who are, they feel like they're getting inundated with things. It's like, and every, this different performers who don't perform the same way. Mm -hmm. like, well, that doesn't fit me. And it's just like, 
will take what does fit you and you work with it. 100%. It's like, they're giving, they're trying to help you, but I was like, if you're not the same style of performer, then don't, you don't have to go out of your way to take this advice. Like, uh, use what will help you, but don't do things that are going to change what you do if you don't want it to change. You just hit the nail on the head with something that I'm, I'm, noticing a lot of, uh, not only here in Atlanta, but probably around the country. Um, there's a lot of queens and kings and other performers that kind of have a certain stereotype as to what drag needs to be. Um, and to me, drag is, it's always shift, shape-shifting, it's always you know revolutionizing, it's always evolving into something different. And I always say that be the drag that you want to be. Sure. Don't compromise your drag fighting your artistic integrity for anybody. Just because, you know, somebody says, Oh well you're not doing a dance number or you're not you know, you're not doing the splits or you're not, you know, wearing this certain type of wig or this makeup or this costume to me that's bullshit. Oh absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's exactly why it's bullshit. I don't think anybody should be told how to do their drag. Drag is an artistic expression and any way you choose to do it it's should be one hundred percent validated and accepted. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah, I think that's hitting that nail. We see, see so many years when I just got into it, as I was taught a lot by Demi. Yeah. My uh, drag sister, Demi Valentine, uh, on how to do makeup and was there to kind of attend my first performance. Yeah. And that was one because, and she'll even say, not the biggest dancer, but she's like, I can move. Yes. And that's the same thing. I follow in that same vein. I cannot dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can move well with the music. And I've noticed a lot of kings, like, will do a lot more, like, I know, uh, LJ Van Pelt, uh, recently, I saw his performance last night, does a lot of just, it's not really dancing, but he hits the musical, like, beats really well. Uh, and things like Perkis X and so many other kings I've noticed. Uh, so as a king, it's a little bit easier to say, oh, well, I'm not a dancer, but you can find entertaining. But with queens, I've noticed some people are like, oh, well, you've got to dance, or it's just, you're, what are you doing? Really? Yeah, I feel like there's a certain expectation that's held up to queens, and it's funny because you, you brought up another good point. There's not this expectation for kings whatsoever, and, and um, I kind of feel like, I'm not, not putting anything that kings do down, but I, I feel like drag queens are held to this ridiculous high standard that you have to do the death drop, you have to do a backflip, you have to do some sort of stunt in order to entertain the crowd. And I think a lot of that comes from the RuPaul's Drag Race oh, absolutely. and people watching that, so they automatically assume that everybody needs to be a that caliber performer. Um, i got to be honest with you, I enjoy the performances more without the stunts when I see the emotion coming from the performance. Oh, I do too. When they connect to the music where it's a song that they actually find something that means something to them. You could literally see it just within hand gestures or their facial expressions, um, or even just how they emote. Because people, that's what you're supposed to do, is emote the the purpose of the song. Exactly. Um, and I, a lot of, I, I just noticed that uh, at Drag Me to Brunch, actually, which was yesterday, I had uh, Gunnar uh, Dan Antoinette, who was a special guest, and he performed both of his songs like, he wrote them himself. Sure. Like, he was going through the emotion of that song, and it was powerful in a way that most performers don't do. And, um, and I wish that performers would literally just take into account that the audience connects more when they see you actually emotionally invested in the song than they do for just the, the pay numbers. Yeah. You know, because anybody could just turn around, especially for a queen, and throw in a Gaga song and twirl and get the coins. 
But when you actually connect to it, let me tell you, it's the most powerful thing that an, an audience member or a show director or anybody could ever see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I know. Uh, I went to the Glitz finale. Yeah. And, like, her sex number brought me to tears. It was just gorgeous. Uh, and that, for me, is 100%. What I would, like... I will watch that all day. Yeah. And not that saying these queens who do these amazing stunts by mm-hmm. any means, like, they're still extremely entertaining. 100%. But there is something about a performer who can connect to their music that almost, it, it kind of gets you on another level of, mm-hmm. it's entertaining, but there's almost an emotional level to it. But, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Totally agree with that. And Park of Sex is a, is a perfect example. I, I love Park. Um, he actually just he <laughs> he did me such a solid uh, two weeks ago at the brunch show, and I, one of my performers was uh, guest performers was coming from Chattanooga and got a double blowout on the tires oh, of their gosh. car, and literally called me and said I, I I can't make it, and I put up a post for literally two seconds and said anyone in the area able to do me a solid, and Park is like got my drag in the back of the car, coming be there in like thirty minutes. <laughs> Totally was amazing. Totally, nice. the crowd went nuts, and, and so Perk is Perk is one of my faves, and such an up, up and coming talent. Oh, I know, fantastic, love him to death. Yeah, he and Dot together are some of my just, like favorite people, favorite little drag family. Absolutely, uh, Dot's amazing. Oh my god! Oh, I love Dot. Yeah. Uh, she's done a lot for me, and kind of teaching me, and just being in general, being there, kind of as the young performer and away from it. Yes. Kind of making sure it's like, okay, you're good in drag, are you okay, like, as a person? Yes. Uh, which I think some, I'm six months in now. Yeah. Uh, I think some people around this kind of forget yeah. that it's like, you can, like, don't remember to separate both. You're, like, your worth doesn't come from how many bookings you have. 100%. Uh, which Demi has helped me with that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like your self worth doesn't come from how many bookings you have. Not at all. It comes from it's just it's like you were a person before you were a drag performer. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think that that's the separation from what your drag life is from your real life. Sometimes it blends together so much that you kind of it's kind of gets a little hazy. Yeah, definitely. And um, and and it it, it can be uh, a, an emotional journey I guess is what you could call it for lack of better words that uh, sometimes people are just like but I I can't seem to find that dividing line as to where it begins and where it ends and I've had a lot of entertainers turn around and say I feel more comfortable being this entertainer than I do being this person in real life Um, and that's kind of sad because you lose your self identity you should never lose your self identity you should bring parts of who you are as your own person and own self into your drag performance. Absolutely. And then, you know, bring those elements of that drag performance, you know, say your self-esteem is a little down, your confidence is a little low, or you have a, you don't really speak out for yourself. Bring that drag persona into your real life so that way you can channel that and oh, speak up for yourself and have a, a better self-confidence. It's 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 there because it's almost a, a duality of personalities. Oh, certainly. It's wonderful. Uh, and that's one of the big things that, uh, I've definitely noticed kind of this, uh, some people, because I was, yeah, I came out a year ago, and then not quite a year later, I was drag performer, so it was yeah. a very quick jump into... You skyrocketed right into Oh, we skyrocketed into this little queer world. <laughs> I love uh, it. I love it. Because I, my first boyfriend, Demi, was a drag performer, and, yeah. I, and that's what got me, I started going to shows, I made this podcast, yeah. and then 
was in February of this year that we went to a meet and greet for Aja from her ball. Uh, and she was like, well, I'll do drag. I'll put you in King Drag if you want. I was like, yeah, great. And the next morning we were getting breakfast and I was like, what What do you think of Willie Valentine? He's like, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I was like, cool. Where do I do go do a show? Yeah. And then I think in March I did a show at Friends on Pods and that's what's started this whole thing. Absolutely. And I think that's a fantastic thing. And, you know, sometimes it's it just timing is everything. And it just was your time to actually get in there and just do what you had to do. And, and um, I've watched, uh, I've seen some videos of yours and, uh, and I've watched the progression um, happen and I think it's fantastic. So you are definitely on the rise and, and I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, yeah, that, it's, it's uh, been definitely interesting to say the least. Because uh, I started, kind of got the idea because I'd met a person who I've had on the podcast before, uh, Dr. Anise Mayberry, mm-hmm. who we did a charity drag show for for her nonprofit organization. Yeah. Um, and she asked me, but she thought I was a drag performer. I was mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> I just know them. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, if you want to perform, you've got the space. I was like, yeah. okay, good to know. And then one thing led to another. Yeah. And now here I am having to organize that drag show for 2020. That is awesome. Oh. That's, what a great, that's such an awesome opportunity. That's oh, I know. It's, it's yeah. kind of one of those, it's like, oh, okay. And she was like, oh, by the way, but she's one of the grand marshals for the yeah, Parade. Yeah. She's like, do you and your sisters that you performed with the drag for diplomas want to be on my pride, float, pride yeah. parade? Mm-hmm. And I put a little group message because I knew they were going to say yes, so I wanted to ask. And within maybe five minutes, each of them, like Zodiac and Demi and Ruby mm-hmm. and Ixie, were all like, oh, hell yes. Like, what yeah. do we have to do? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. um, show up and drag and walk. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. We, like, we, very simple. Very simple, right? We can do that. <laughs> um, so it's just funny. It's some of these connections that uh, you find and what they bring you. Uh, it's, I went to my first Pride last October. Yeah. And to be told I'd be in it this October, I'd be like, mm-hmm. no, sure, yeah. yeah exactly. Like, it is. It, it, sometimes it just takes you, takes my storm to overwhelming and, and that's a great, such a wonderful opportunity and um, I'm crossing my fingers, you know, I'm a lot older um, <laughs> <laughs> and I believe that this year will probably be the first time that I'll actually be a part of the Pride Parade as well myself here in oh, Atlanta. Oh, fantastic. Um, but I'm not going to give too much away just in case it falls through. I'm, I'm a big believer of old Italian jinx tradition, so oh, I don't want to ab- do that. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, well, hopefully that goes well. Thank um, you. I'm look- definitely looking forward to kind of watching for more as that happens. Um, now, do you want to get with all of the shows you yes. have in Atlanta? Um, where did you start with it? Like, what was sort of the first foray into producing? Okay, so basically, um, what happened was is that you know, being out in bed, I just I moved to Atlanta seven years ago uh, from New Jersey, and um, literally the first scene that accepted me being down here, you know, as a northerner or a Yankee, as a lot of people like to call me when I first moved down here, was the drag community. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the first drag queens, actually, that opened me with open arms was, um, you know, God rest her soul, Letitia Chante Chantal, who's a trans performer at Blake's, one, a dear, dear friend of mine. Uh, my uh, drag mom is Shauna Brooks, okay. um, who took me underneath her wing one night after a drunken, prompt singing of uh, Whitney Houston so emotional over a drag performer. She kind of turned and looked at me and she's like, I'm going to let you sing that live on the microphone. 
So she let me do it, and then ever since then, you know, Sean has been uh, such a wonderful person, and been a wonderful <laughs> performer, and God, I love her to death. Um, and just kind of seeing what the scene was all about, it was always in the back of my mind, and I didn't have the, that wherewithal or courage in order to do it. And an opportunity came my way uh, last year to do just kind of a DJ position um, at a drag brunch show. It was called uh, Come Through Queen. Uh, it was over at uh, the now-closed Eclectic Bistro and Bar uh, over on uh, Piedmont. And uh, from there, it turned into me not just DJing, then it turned into me kind of booking some girls. Then it turned into me being a co-show uh, director. Uh, and I enjoyed it, and I loved it. And then when that um, kind of started to go south, uh, I decided, I said to myself, you know what, you, you can do this. You know a lot of drag performers, you know a lot of uh, people just in the industry, in the LGBTQ plus community. And I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just try and put something out there and see if it sticks. Absolutely. Uh, and the first uh, first show was What You Sing Wednesdays and decided to do a karaoke. And that show has grown from just a plain karaoke show into a showcase for new talent. Um, and, uh, and, other, and actually, you know, obviously established queens and kings and, and performers. And I just, every week, it astounds me the growth of that show. It's yeah. such an amazing opportunity for me and for everybody that's involved. Uh, and then once that kind of solidified itself, um, I was able to grow some other concepts. And the, and the other concept that uh, then came was the community. Hmm. Um, and I said, there's this lack of uh, tea dance. And tea dance is a, a very older tradition um, that used to happen on Sundays within the LGBTQ plus community. Um, just to people that just weren't able to get into establishments because gay and lesbian uh, and transgender uh, people were not allowed into establishments. So they needed something to start. So they would do these little beach congregations and they would have maybe like a, uh, a boom box and or, you know, something that would play music and they would just dance on the beach for yeah. a few hours to just kind of hang out, kiki, and have a couple of drinks and then go about their way. Um, and that's a tradition that needs to be kept alive because it, it just kind of keeps us grounded in our history yeah, and to show us where we came from. Uh, and so I said to myself, there was a, it was lacking in Atlanta. I, I didn't see any establishment doing it. So um, I went to uh, Chad McDaniel, who is the manager and kind of uh, show director over at Oscars, and I said, you know, here's this idea. I don't know if you want to do it. Um, he had said to me, you know, well, why here? And I said, because I want to start someplace that's a little bit smaller and intimate and just see what the reaction is. And um, it has grown into this huge, like, Sunday monster now where, you know, people just, I have the regular people, that door opens and there's a throng of 20 people that just come in and it's the same guys and girls and they, you know, they dance and they sing and they carry on and they have a great time. And it just gives them two hours of an escape. Yeah, definitely. And it's, uh, too, it's, it's kind of centered towards a, an audience that might be, not necessarily wants to come out at late at night, but gives them an opportunity to feel like they're part of the community too. Sure. I feel like sometimes the older LGBTQ plus uh, community is kind of overlooked. They're kind of like, oh, well, you're of a certain age and, you know, we're not going to focus this um, towards you. And I think there needs to be an outlet. So saw that outlet ran. Um, and then the Pop Rocks... Uh, that came about because I actually um, got the blessing of uh, two event producers from New York City. I used to go to a, a, an event called Pop Rocks in New York City when I was literally right out of college. And it was the best time I've, I think I've ever had in my life. It was in this little hole in the wall place off of 14th Street in New York City called El Flamingo. 
and it was like literally in the basement. <laughs> there was no air conditioning, um, and the DJ booth was set up by the bathrooms. And we literally, you did not stop dancing from when you walked in until when you left. Oh, it started fantastic. at 10 and ended at 3. And um, my best friend uh, from college, who actually lives here in Atlanta, he and I always said, you're like, we need to revive this, we need to do this, we need to do that. And um, I talked to him and I said, listen, I think I'm going to do this. And he said, you need to do this. This is something that's just kind of lacking. And I called the event producers up um, in New York City and said, listen, I'm going to run with Pop Rocks Atlanta. Do you mind? And they're like, you have our blessing. Go. Oh, great. Do. Um, and then I went right back to, um, to Oscars because I knew that that would be the perfect space for it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chad again said to me, he's like, I am 100% in. And right now, Pop Rocks is probably the biggest night that I have out of all my events. Oh, wow. Um, it is packed wall to wall, literally three people deep to the bar every Friday night. Um, it's become a favorite. It draws people in all around the square. Mm-hmm. We keep that door open. They hear NSYNC or Britney or Whitney or Madonna, and they come literally running in, start dancing, and then it, it's just one big. Everybody sings, everybody dances, everybody has a good time. There's, It's just like one love. Yeah, definitely. It's such a wonderful event. It really is. And um, and then the last one, I, I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely <laughs> The last fine. one, which is the uh, the brunch show. Um, I went uh, the come through Queen. Um, once that restaurant closed, eclectic, the Queens were kind of you know left without a place to yeah. perform. So we uh, we had gone to a couple of different other spaces, and, and they passed. And um, the wonderful uh, owners of uh, my sister's room, uh, Jen Chase Daniels and Jamie McGuire. Uh, said absolutely let's just do it and so I invited the uh, girls from the uh, cast the original cast to come to Queen to come and participate and um, and then we named it Drag Me to Brunch and uh, same uh, same kind of concept uh, but different in another sense where you know it's a core cast we have a special guest every single week uh, that can come from anywhere uh, but now what we've decided to do is make it more a little bit more audience interactive so we've got you know we've got a uh, twerking contest. We've got a lip sync uh, battle. We've got uh, quick drag. You know where they come in and we'll grab somebody from the audience, and the queen will take them behind stage and do them up really quick, and then they will come out and they'll do a performance. Oh wow! In the middle of the brunch, um, and it's just it feels it's just a home space. It just feels fantastic. And um, we, what I am trying to do though with it, uh, just to kind of keep it more of a lively thing, is I, I love my main cast. I do. They're fantastic. Each one is a wonderful talent but I'm kind of toying around with the idea now of possibly doing a alternate cast as well and switching things out from sure. week to week so that way it keeps the momentum going of the show yeah um, sometimes I just in my opinion and my observation uh, the ideas of a casted show are now becoming kind of obsolete or there people are starting to move to the trend of pop-up drag yeah uh, which is a thing I hopped on the bandwagon very very quickly and uh, pop-up drag just keeps things kind of fresh and exciting and surprising. So you'll have your show going on where you're playing your music, and then you don't even make an announcement. They just kind of, you hit the button, the song comes on, and here comes a queen, whether she comes from the back, through the front door of the, uh, the, the establishment, pops up from behind the bar and gets on the bar. And when I tell you the effectiveness of it, it's been fantastic. The response is amazing. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. it just kind of keeps things fresh, and people... Um, want to see it they actually start to ask well, well who's coming next week or you know uh, what are you what are you going to do next week what's the theme going to be or what's this you know what queen did you call or what king did you call and i just see more interest yeah. that way well, um, yeah, yeah. Pers- i feel like 
casts are a great thing. Oh, they're fantastic. Uh, I do think you do kind of get more interest because you're getting people exposed to more artists and performers. Uh, and I am noticing a lot of shows are starting to have more like smaller core cast and a bigger like ever changing roster. Uh, I think because it gives chances to more people to get a chance to perform, yes. as well as just it is giving audience members a reason like oh well, I've seen these queens a few times and yeah. it's nothing against them but maybe I want to go somewhere else to see something else but this way it's they're coming back to your show because it's a like there's a new king or queen here or like you're saying with pop-up drag becoming more of a thing which I kept seeing the term but I didn't know really what pop-up drag was which that sounds incredible it is it's, it's uh, awesome it's this just we had so many thought it is like now coming on stage like yeah insert name of king or queen here yeah. which is great because it does let you know who's coming yeah but there is something there's kind of this neat sort of suspense of all of a sudden just music changes here you go here's like go and I, I found with the pop-up drag, especially with that kind of sentiment where there is no announcement, um, that it gives kings and queens and trans performers just a chance to just get out there on stage without, like, say say someone is not a fan of somebody's particular type of drag, which for me I think is ridiculous. But there are people that are very judgmental. And oh, absolutely. They, they will make their judgment accordingly. Um and say if I announced that that specific performer was going to be part of the show, there's a chance they might not come to that show because they're not a fan of that performer. But if I do turn around and just let them come out and don't announce exactly when they're going to perform, and they come out and totally blow that person away from and prove them wrong from the first time that they saw them, now here's that second chance for that performer. Here's that second chance for that audience member yeah, to change their mind and then here we go you know you have another fan they want to see this person again so they're going to travel and go to a show where that person actually impressed them it just opens the doors for so many things absolutely yeah I love it uh, yeah I think there's a little bit of just sort of it's every now and again I feel especially I think on younger people or younger performers there's almost a pressure of just waiting because you know your name's about to come and yeah. everyone's going to turn to you yeah I know for my first show that was Terrifying. Yes. Just being in, but it's one of those once you do it, it feels great. Mm-hmm. But there's just kind of that almost amounting pressure of, okay, right as they call a name, everyone's going to look to where we're generally coming out. I agree. And it feels like you just have to, that's kind of your moment of either you're, they're going to be enthralled by your look or it's. Or the tie changes. Yeah. And they just turn away and go about their business on their phone. Which, uh, oh, that's always, <laughs> like the worst feeling. It drives me insane. It's. As a, as a show director and as an audience member that loves to watch drag shows, I wish there was a rule where you had to put your phone away. Because I just feel it's like, well, like, even if you're not, they're not the most entertaining to you, like, have a little bit of respect here to make, at least make, make it look like you're halfway into this. Exactly. Because I can say, it's like, as a performer, it, like, just absolutely kills a mood to see like multiple people right up at the very front mm-hmm. on their phone. I was just going to say that to you. I was going to say that's got to be the worst thing ever. So when you're putting something, you know, your talent out there raw, your heart on your sleeve for everybody to see, and there's a person literally on grinder sitting right in front of you, you know, just on the phone like this, and you're giving your everything, and they're not even giving you the time of the day. It's like, so disrespectful. If you are going to do that, don't stand right up at the front. Like, Go in the back. Exactly. 
It's like because <laughs> you're getting people who either really want to see this or can tip this performer, you're taking their space. I totally agree with uh, you. Which even like, when I have times where if I can't necessarily tip, I want to stand at least in the middle or the back because uh-huh. it's just, well, it's just a little bit of a common courtesy thing. 100%. If you know that you're in the middle of a conversation or you're, you know, you're waiting for a response from something, yeah, or, like, you know, or you have an agenda for the evening, um, go someplace where you actually can, you can do what you need to do. Because I, I mean, we are in the world where everybody's on their phone. It's never going to change. Sure. Um, but go to a space in, in an establishment where you can do what you want to do, but also have be respectful to the people that are performing and be respectful to the people that want to watch those. Exactly. Yeah, I think it was interesting. It's, because we always talk about having like drag shows having just a couple of rules in the beginning. Yeah. Which I think is great. And it was because I actually met up with Dimmy yesterday. Yeah. Uh, going over some ideas for his thing for Drag Nipissant on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and was just mentioning how uh, some people, it feels like, maybe because we always talk about, like, obviously don't touch performers, yeah. ideally. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that is not always the case. I've had one or two shows where audience members get a little too... You get a little a little liquid courage and then suddenly the hands come out of nowhere. A little bit. <laughs> uh, at the same time, I've had some people, some friends who of mine who wanted to come to one of my shows who've never been, but they're like, how much like interaction? They were kind of nervous. It was like, yeah. I was, I'll tell you that. It was like, idea, it was like, I feel like I only do like things that I really, if I know you, yeah. know you'd be comfortable with uh, If I don't know the person, like, I tend to be pretty hands-off because yeah. I don't know what they feel. I don't know what they want to do. Absolutely. Uh, and so I feel like, now I was like, granted, not every show is going to be like that, not every yeah. performer. I was like, so you just, kind of depends on how you're feeling, how close you want to be to mm-hmm. for interaction. Yes. Um, I was like, generally as a rule, we most won't be too uh, wild. Yeah. Like, but also, kind of depends on what show you go to. There. Oh yeah. I mean, there's going to be some drag shows where they want that craziness to come out. They want you to do something wild with an audience member because that enthralls the crowd and brings more people into the show. Sure. But, you know, then there's also those shows where you maybe you as a performer want to go a little crazy, but that audience just does not call for it. And you can just see it written all over their faces and it's it's just, it's almost like a big red stop sign. Like right exactly. There. It's like <laughs> And I've seen it happen and it's I just feel I'm I'm so with the performer, I'm like, go ahead, just do what you gotta do and then you see that audience member with this like look of shock or terror on their face, and just the tide turns. <laughs> oh, no, it's just like, oh, oh. Yeah, it's, it, it could be so hit or miss. It's choices. It's definitely choices. <laughs> I did want to say, I wanted to touch on uh, that I am so proud and excited for Demi. Oh, you definitely. Demi is actually one of my favorite uh, performers, up and coming performers in the city. And, um, I've had her become part of the brunch uh, over at Eclectic very early on when she was really just trying to get you know get her feet into the door. And I've always been a fan, always supportive of her. She is killing Dragnet. She now. is. Killing it. Um, in fact, funny story, and she'd probably kill me for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I had messaged her just on a literally off the whim for the um, Twisted Disney uh, assignment. And I said to her, I'm like, I really, w- or I posted a status, and I posted a status on Facebook, and I said, I really wish someone would do We Are Siamese from Lady in the Tramp, without knowing she was doing this. Yeah. She messages me literally within like two seconds, and she's like, how did you know I was doing that? Did I tell you this? Did someone tell you what's going on? And I said, no, 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 no. I'm like, literally, I'm like, that's my favorite Disney movie yeah. in the whole entire world, and that's my favorite scene. <laughs> I, I laugh every time. Those are like my two favorite villains, are those cats. 
Um, and I said, it would be so funny if somebody just came out and did this number. And she's like, she goes, don't say anything, but that's what I'm doing next week for Twisted Disney and Drake Nipperson. And I'm like, that is the craziest thing. It was like this little cosmic connection kind of thing. And she's like, well, what am I going to do now? Should I, should I tell the girls that I'm doing it? Should I tell the judges? I'm like, I am not going to say a word. I promise you. I promise you. So yeah. she wound up telling the girls what she was doing so that no one would take that number exactly. from her. But the judges had no idea. And I watched her performance, and I, she just was oh, beyond. It. I can't. She's oh. so amazing. Every week, love watching her. Oh, I know. I'm always so thankful that she is my, like, drag sister, my kind of go-to. Absolutely. That's why my king makeup tends to be kind of thin, because top my queen. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but she is so talented, and, like, I'm so thankful to be, like, have that connection with her. Oh, yeah. Uh, this week is, in Drag Nipson's definitely going to push her. It's the Broadway I'm, theme. I know what she's doing, and it's... It's out of the comfort zone, but yeah. it's almost proud of her for taking that step. It's, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I am excited to see what she's got. Oh, it's it's gonna be good. Am. She's I, she's gonna go far. I'm, I'm not gonna jinx her, but I'm just gonna say she's gonna go very far in this competition. She's got a lot of people rooting for her. Absolutely, um, she has definitely um, changed the minds of a lot of people um, that saw her originally uh, from when she first started. She has. Turn people that would probably dismiss her in the past, and they are now fans. And I know that for a fact because there's a lot of people that come to me and talk about all the competitions or upcoming drag performers, and people that used to never say her name are saying her name now. So yeah. she is definitely she's there. She's making her her mark in the scene. And that's one of the most the interesting things because uh, we would talk about like the things that I'm getting into and what she's doing. Yeah, uh, because. My first foray in the local drag, she was part of the cast when her drag age was as old as I am now, when I was on doing about six months. So I was like, oh, that's just natural for drag. I start doing drag, and you realize how wrong that is. Yeah. Uh, but, and, but I talked to some performers, and I've got a few bookings this month. Uh, booking in September, and the Pride Parade in October, and out-of-state gig in November. Uh, which... That's about as much as I can say about that. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but it's one of those, and I've had some of these older queens who've been like that, and a few people have been doing, they're like, you're hitting stride pretty well doing more than one show a month yeah. as a six-month performer. It's like, it's like they're kind of like, you're making waves somewhere. 100%. 100%. Uh, and I think that's always good to hear from me, because I was like, I don't know what, good. I had a very odd upbringing in drag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like it's, everyone's had this different and uh, when Tijuana closed and that show was over kind of had a little while there oh what do I do uh, I think that's when, when a show ends or uh, abruptly I should say when a show ends abruptly I, well, you know what and even when a show ends when you know it's coming you never really can prepare fully for what's going to happen um, and I think when you don't have that stability of something that you it's almost like a second home yeah. And you don't have it any longer. You kind of you get lost. You kind of doubt yourself because you're like, well, what happened? What did I do wrong to make this crumble? And it's not necessarily the drug performers that make it crumble. It's bad business decisions by the establishment. Um, it's you know, it, it, it's a number of factors. You know, a lot of places now, and I, I've gotten this, con this comment, and it bothers me because I don't agree with it, which is, is that Atlanta is becoming oversaturated with drag. And my response to that is that there could never be an oversaturation of drag yeah. because drag is 
ever evolving, ever changing. So you never know each week what you're gonna get. For me, it's like literally like a, I'm spinning a wheel and saying, okay, I'm gonna do this this week. I don't know what I'm gonna get. I have no idea. I, you know, when I'm going to Mary's, it's something totally different. When I'm going to Blake's, it's something totally different. When I'm going to Midtown Moon, it's something totally different. Um, I do want to make one comment, and, and I hope I don't sound like a bitch, but it is what it is. I just want to say that I, I just want to see more variety in terms of, uh, of performers. I know some some performers rest on their laurels. They've got almost like a set list of what they do. Yeah. And they'll be performing in one event space, and then you'll travel to another event space maybe the next day, and they're doing the same exact number that they did the previous one. And I understand, you know, people have their lives and it's busy and they'd like to go to and do what they need to do on their in their wheelhouse. Sure. But I'd like to see just those queens. I challenge those queens. That's why I like to say I challenge those queens and kings or other performers to step outside their box and do something different. Yeah. Just do yeah. something different. You'd be surprised at a diff- what audience you'll capture and it'll add to your fan base and it, it, it will open up new venues and areas and arenas for you that you never thought would be possible. And I always enjoy it because I live pretty close to Athens yeah. so I'm able to go to a lot of the shows there mm-hmm. and, and the talent they have there is really good. Yeah. Uh, and so it's funny he's seeing some of these people like oh, there's all this talent and they kind of talk about Athens oh yeah I do Dragon Athens from time to time they're like well what's there? I was like come up here and see. Yeah. No, uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff. It's just not it's not big like Atlanta, but yeah. that's to be expected. Athens is a small town compared to here. Absolutely, but it shouldn't yeah. be discounted and I gotta be honest with you, there's Athens is being talked about a lot lately, um, just because of the creativity from the, the kings and queens and other performers that are up there. Um, that are just you guys are taking chances, you're really stepping outside their comfort zone and stepping outside the box and it's not going unnoticed. No. And um, but- I, I'm actually excited because with these, you know, the shows that I do have, and continuing into 2020 and expanding my brand, I really am looking forward to bringing a lot more people from Athens yeah, down certainly. to my shows because I just they deserve to be seen. I mean, uh, the same thing with Queens and Kings performers from Macon, um, which I know right now is kind of going through a little bit of a, a downtime yeah. um, in terms of performance spaces and, and things of that nature. So I, I would love to bring that drag as well from Macon down here just to show people listen you can go to Macon you can go to Athens you can go to Douglasville you can go to McDonough you can go to all these different places there is drag there yeah. don't be afraid to travel oh. outside the bubble of Atlanta and go have a good time yeah, that's why it's, it's kind of fun having a foot in both scenes yeah. uh, because it's interesting getting to see all these different people and know them uh, and it's just wild because like uh, some of these performers over with like the cordons I performed with some of the courtesans, like uh, one of them, Mr. LA, the, the drag king with the courtesans, is just ridiculously talented. Yeah. And I'm seeing him a lot down here in Atlanta. Uh, it's just fun kind of seeing the differences between the two. Yeah. In terms of not talking bad about either scene, but man, Atlanta is a lot more vague when they're shady with people than Athens. Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> a- Athens is pretty direct. Like, yeah. Atlanta, there'll be, you'll read a Facebook post and think, did I do something to this person? It, it, could, it could mean multiple people. 
could, have, could be found guilty of whatever that post could be. Exactly. Like, um, yeah, and I will say that the one thing that I am not a fan of, and I know this probably will offend people, and I'm one of those people that just does not give a rat's ass. Um, and it's, I do not like that saying, bless your heart. It is like a stake through my heart, and it is the southern version of an F you to me. Oh, no. And <laughs> I cannot, so when I hear any of it, and I joke with my friends now that I've made down here, because they all know the stories of when I first moved down here, and I would just get like, oh, bless your heart this, or bless your heart that, and I don't know anything. And then I find the true meaning. Now it's kind of like if I hear it, it's like a cold shiver goes down my body, because I would rather you just tell me F you straight to my face. Please. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely the polite way of It is completely. very genteel, yes it is. It's very but, it's sweet tea and lace gloves, it is, I will say that. Oh, it's so awful here. Like, yes. uh, yeah, it's so funny seeing some Athens people just, just unafraid, just immediately calling him out by name, and it works. I, I, I respect some, that. Sometimes it takes being called out directly to... Directness <laughs> goes a long way in my book, to be honest with you. I'd, I would rather call it out by name. That way, we'll resolve the issue one, two, three, and if it doesn't get resolved, then you know what? We'll just agree to disagree and go our separate ways. Sure. I just love seeing some of these performers in Atlanta. Uh, just like they go for the Chuck Killer. <laughs> but then it's like, wait, are they going for me or the person next? Like, sometimes I feel like they're fighting with themselves. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. And it was was I started like I noticed like the day after I said I started was starting drag. You get request, friend requests from, like, everybody. Oh, yeah. 100%. They obviously want to see you. Yes. It's like, well, I booked you in my show. Yeah. Uh, and I like this idea because Demi and I were talking about this yesterday. And, uh, sometimes wondering, oh, well, I'm not, why am I not getting booked for the show? But then it's like, oh, well, I'm not going. Yeah. It's one of those, like, support garner support. Yes. And it can be difficult uh, for, like... Athens performers here in Atlanta, or vice versa. Yes, no, uh, I, I, and I know I, I, I made, I'm a guilty party. <laughs> I see, made but, a, but I understand that yeah, I, the reasoning behind. Yeah, it. I made a, a post yesterday, um, and I, people that know me and people that follow me on Facebook or are my friend on Facebook know I'm very direct, and I oh, use absolutely. Facebook more of like a therapeutic kind of thing when it's me, my personal stuff. When it's business, it's business. With my personal stuff, I'm very just... I just let it out. It's just a form of me defending and getting things out. A lot of people say not to do that, but I disagree. I say whatever brings you comfort and whatever yeah. makes you feel better, you do. So I don't, I don't listen to all that. Um, but I did make a post yesterday. Uh, and it just was a very difficult day. Um, just uh, had some disappointments and had some, um, some people that I uh, had wanted to be part of the show and, and you know not some with no fault of their own and some with some events that had come up and weren't able to were not able to make the bookings that I had made for them sure. and I have no ill will towards them whatsoever I, I, I love them dearly I will continue to book them as well too I'm not being shady at all of course um, but I just need it's a call to action for the drag community as a whole take responsibility yeah, um, when you are booked it, I mean you need to make sure that you're booked, okay. that you're there. You show up, you're on time, you're professional, you're courteous, uh, you're ready to go. Well, I have a, a, person, a, friend, a person I know, or a friend of a friend who wants to start drag, and I was yeah. like, and they're like, well, what are some good things to know as a new person? I was like, this is a job. Yeah. I was like, if you're being, especially if you're being paid, if this is a paid gig, yeah. I was like, make sure you like show up early. I was like, especially if you think, still things that you have to do. 
was like, just be professional while you're there. Make sure you have everything that they say you need. Yeah. And I was like, because this is still, I mean, this is a job. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that young people, I don't want to sound like, oh, I know everything. I'm sitting when I say young performers, but yeah. I've been in long enough to kind of have some of the understandings of how things work. Yeah. Still have more to learn, but mm-hmm. of the basic things, like when you're booked, and it's a paid gig especially, like, you treat it like a job. Oh, 100%. When it's, when it, when it's not a paid gig, treat it like a job because it's going to lead to bigger things. Oh, yes. It's like these people want you. Show them why, like, show them that you deserve to be there. Like, uh, I agree 100% and I, I, I feel like, um, I want to word this correctly. I, I, I feel that with certain, I don't want to say all, but with um, uh, the generation of, of queens and kings and performers coming up now uh, that are just, you know, baby infants taking their steps into the world. Yeah. Some uh, have a sense of like of entitlement. Oh, definitely. Um, and that's, that's a bad thing. I, I like that confidence and I like that, you know, but there's a little bit goes a long way. You are not guaranteed any anything. And please, word of advice to anybody coming up, please do not turn around, especially if you are just beginning and demand a certain amount of money to perform someplace. No. Do not demand a certain amount of times in that show that you can perform. Just be grateful, be humble, take the opportunities as they come. Um, I am one of those people. I am the easiest show director, I think, to get along with. I give people, they can do whatever they want. You have basically carte blanche to do what you want. Um, and if you just communicate with me that you either cannot make a booking or you need to reschedule, I am totally amenable to doing any of that. Absolutely. That's, yeah. um, but it, being in, being a new, I, I'm a new kid on the block myself, sure. you know, having this RFS entertainment that's brand new. Um, I'm learning every single day on where I have to put my foot down and yeah. where I have to be the boss that sometimes I don't like to be, but I have to um, and, and give uh, performers a harsh dose of reality that, you know, if, if you don't show up for a gig without communicating with me, you're probably not going to work for me at all at yeah, any of my well, shows. It's just one of those, like, Try that as a, a job, a like nine to five job, and You'll what's that going to get you? It's like any other it's like, position. It's like anything. It's one of those like if you know you're going to have to miss this, just communicate so that they can fill in with a performer. hundred percent. Yeah, that way I can at least I can call somebody else in to fill in that spot. You know, but like I said, there's extenuating circumstances. There are other circumstances, you know, yeah, I, that yeah. happen, and, and I get it. Like I totally get it. Absolutely. But if you disregard my time and my company. You know, we got an issue, and the issue is uh, I just will not deal with you. Yeah, I feel like one of the things, it's like people ask, like, uh, for a booking, they don't get it, and then they immediately turn around, and be like, well, almost angry that they didn't get something. It's like, just hold up. Like, yes. It's only, it's what you need to be seen more, or it's just, we don't, it's, we have other things going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I've, I've experienced that, especially in the early stages of. Of having this entertainment company where like, someone turned around to me and basically just said to me they're like or they sent me a message and they said to me you know well i've i've messaged you three times asking you for a booking and you haven't given it to me and i messaged them back and i said well you know i said well i appreciate your hunger and your willingness to do these things just because you asked doesn't mean you're going to receive exactly and right now I'm booked out for a certain amount of time and the reason why i haven't given you a spot is because i'm not going to i don't want to book a Advance. I don't know if I'm going to have these shows in exactly, sure. I have no idea. I like to do a month in advance, and that's about it. Um, and then they finally got it, and I and now I work with that specific performer, and 
you know, and it's great. I love them. I think they're wonderful. Um, another thing that you had touched upon too is when you do have opportunities to come down and be a part of the audience of the show, that speaks volumes of to course. show directors and to casts. You know, especially the other members of the cast that might, you know, if you're considering adding to the cast, that cast will see this person there supporting and be like, you know, why don't you give this person a shot? And that's one of those like, it's, I know a lot of these out of town people, myself included, in this. It's always great when you can try and make like these wussy magazine things. Oh yeah, because those are huge. Oh, it's but such at a the same time. Network. It's one of those like, if you can only make one thing, maybe try and make it something a little more local. Absolutely. Uh, which these wussy magazine wonderful network too. Mm-hmm. But sometimes these performers you network with there or show directors, whatever it may be. Yeah. A show. Yes. Uh, and just, so it's kind of like just it was I've done that before. Just kind of. Figure out what you want to do. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, if you can, do it. Oh, but yeah. if you've got to choose one, just kind of what you did the last time. Like, I, I always say, you know, I, I, everybody has their grand scheme, their grand design of what they want to do and, and how they want to execute. Execute it in baby steps. So, exactly. like you said, you know, go to start off with your local, um, you know, support your local drag. That is first and foremost. That's in, in any part, any town, any city, and any part of the country. Support local drag. That means more than. Supporting, you know, yes, the Rue Girls, yes, you can go and support them, but, sure, but they are international. That you know, your local performers need your help more. Exactly. So please go and support, um, and then take your steps in your in, into the next foray, which would be into the into a bigger city that's near your town. So you know, like you, you're from, you're in Athens, and here's Atlanta. So you know, network in Athens, and then when you're ready, put your foot in the pond in Atlanta and see where you can where it's going to stick. And then once you're in Atlanta or any kind of major city wherever you're from um, and you make that impression and being you know courteous humble willing to do whatever you need to do that person that show director or that cast or that audience will turn around and go to a different venue and say listen I just saw so and so and they were fantastic why don't you give them a shot it's all about how you carry yourself and the way you act professionally that's honestly that's the biggest piece of advice I could give to anybody that wants to which is funny admittedly I think I did it the other way I started down here in Atlanta because I lived in Athens the entire time uh-huh. but started here and it started getting into the Athens scene uh-huh. uh, and started kind of splitting time between both got it uh, but it's I, I think there's a lot of to be said about and one of the big things I know is young is remembering that why you do drag because I think people can kind of get caught up in the glamour and the excitement of being an entertainer, yeah. it's like, why do you do this? Yes. Yeah. If you want to do it, because you want to try and make this a way to get it going, that's, go for it. Yeah. For me, I like to do it because it's giving a safe space to queer people who just want somewhere that they can be themselves unapologetically for a few hours. 100%. Uh, I love that. I love, like, I love drag, I mean, it's entertaining, I want to keep doing this, but my goal is not to become a professional. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, no, I think, absolutely not. I think some people feel like, oh, I'm not going to be taking it seriously. No. It's you, just that everyone has their own reason for doing it. Yeah, everybody has their own. Exactly. You, you just took the words out of my mouth, which is everybody does drag for specific reasons. And there, you don't have to explain what your reason is. Uh, you can do drag for a day, a month, a year, 10 years, 100 years. Who cares? Exactly. Like, um, whatever it means to you or whatever you want to give to take from it, that's your personal experience and your personal choice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm totally good with that. <laughs> I think that's always one thing. It's like just it helps keep you grounded to remember why you do it. Hundred percent. Whatever that reasoning is, like oh yeah, 
And it helps you not compare yourself to other performers, which will send yes. you spiraling down that so many a, bad roads. That's a that's a huge thing that I, I have noticed. Um, there's a lot of a lot of performers that like to compare themselves to someone else that might do something similar to what they do, and that will get you get stuck in your head. Yeah, and it, and it shows and. It also breeds resentment between the two performers, uh-huh. uh, which I don't agree with because you know you're two different people, uh, two different personas. Let's be honest, there is definitely not one idea that has not been used already. No one is 100 percent original. There is no originality. <laughs> I mean, I think we can all agree on that. I think we can safely say we can safely say there. You know, there's there's some tweaking there here, and there's definitely a lot of stuff that we maybe have not seen yet. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing 100% original. No. So if your queen that's standing next to you looks exactly like you, or a king that's standing next to you looks exactly like you, you have the choice to just continue to do what you want to do and be unbothered, or you can take that as a growth testament to yourself and tweak your drag style into something that maybe pushes you out of your comfort zone. So, sure. Absolutely. Well, I think it's funny to mention uh, this is the glitz finale. I went and dragged because it had been a while since I've been out. Yeah. Uh, I had been dealing with some personal issues, and so I was like, I need to go out. I just want to see people. Uh, someone out dragged up, sequin blazer. I see Dot and Perk, and Dot's like, Can you take that off the Perk's second number? He's like, He has wearing almost the exact same thing. Wow. Yeah. So, and I just don't want him to. I was like, Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, No, there's no reason to. This yeah. like, sounds not like Hurts competing to win this. Like, Absolutely. I'm just here to watch. I was, so I'm it's here. totally I was okay. Like, I was like, This is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that's, you know, I think it's funny that mentioning standing next to someone who's going to look exactly like you. <laughs> you're, like, park I've walks, seen it happen your first time. Like, park walks by, we look at each other, like, <laughs> oh, and then just, like, like, absolutely no problem. Like, not offended. Like, I'm here to watch, you're yes. here to win. Like, yeah. I don't want to do anything that's going to throw you off. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of the hazard of the trade. You just got to kind of figure that if you come out with something that you're passionate about, you know, and then... Uh, you know, sequin blazers, I will say right now, are the rage for kings. Oh, absolutely. Um, which I love and adore. I'm, anything that is sparkly and sequin, I am a fan of. I'm oh, such yes. a queen myself, I cannot. <laughs> um, so I love it. But yes, it has definitely become, you know, where certain garments or certain songs or certain hairstyles or makeup techniques have now been, you know, oh, I like that, so I'm going to do it. Which I think it's great. I think everybody inspires everybody. Yeah. So don't take it as copycatting. Take it as that you are inspiring somebody to do something because you did it. Exactly. So with that, um, so I know obviously that you're everywhere. Do you have any shows coming up people can see you? And- Oof. All right. So yes, um, there is going to be uh, a Thursday night show that's coming up now. Um, I'm not going to give away where the venue is yet. Um, I will say uh, that I'm excited about it because it is my own spin on drag competition. Oh, nice. Um, and I will not give the title away either yet <laughs> because, you know, sometimes people want to be a little little shysty and they want to oh, yeah. jack the title. Um, Absolutely. Which is okay. You know, thank you. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a different style competition. Um, I. One thing that I, I don't want to do is uh, I don't want to take away from competitions that are already existing. So, you know, we've got Dragnificent, we have Blitz, uh, which I love. Both of those, they're fantastic. Um, and each one is kind of different in their own way. Mine is going to be different in, uh, in the sense that we're, you know, we're just going to put a different spin on things. And sure. it's going to be more of a, I'm going to say it's going to be more of a school 
then it's going to be more of a competition. So it's going to be uplifting. There will be no negative, uh, my whole entire thing, there's no negative critiques in this whatsoever. I don't want to hear anything negative because you can't do anything wrong when you're doing drag. That's yeah. your personal interpretation. Um, so it will be more of an uplifting competition. It will be more of, uh, of lessons um, that can better performers. Um, and it's going to be a panel of uh, very different judges. It's going to be an array of different things from makeup to, uh, to performance to costume uh, to uh, just anything you could possibly think of. There will be uh, a judge to represent that. And they are going to be more of a mentorship than they are really going to be a judge. Yeah. Um, and then what it'll be will be uh, a elimination style, like everything else, but not in a bad way. Um, it'll be uh, each week will be three performers that will come in. We're gonna start small. We'll do three, um, and then there'll be a winner from each week, and that winner will win uh, a cash prize. And then at the end of the month, uh, there'll be a four-way. We'll have four performers. There'll be a battle royale of sorts, and uh, they will perform one song all together at the same time. Oh, wow. Um, and whoever's the strongest will win, and the, they'll win a nice cash prize. Uh, also a, um, a wonderful gift basket from Trade Atlanta, who is a brand new LGBTQ plus uh, makeup company that is uh, right out here out of Atlanta and is a sponsor of many RFS events, um, as well as bookings with RFS Entertainment uh, throughout all of Atlanta. So all of the different shows uh, as well as be a cast member in a brand new show that's about to be fantastic. So there's a lot at stake. Um, I'm very excited about it. Uh, and then uh, we have some other shows that are in development that are going to be totally different and, and having elements of drag but not really drag centric mm -hmm. that are going to be coming. Um, and I'm really excited. 2020 is going to be a huge Fantastic. So we can catch you Wednesdays, Fridays, Sundays. Uh, <laughs> just pick a day of the week. We pick probably... a day of the week, and there's an RFS entertainment event. Um, if you don't mind, I will run down. So we've got Wednesdays. Yeah. We've got What You Sing on Wednesday, starting at 11 o'clock. Uh, that's at Midtown Moon with the Midnight Moonlight Showcase at midnight, with uh, featuring up and coming drag performers. Fridays is Pop Rocks. That's uh, at Oscars Atlanta. That's from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. with Pop Up Drag. Sundays is uh, Drag Me to Brunch. That's at MSR. It's the only late brunch show in Atlanta. Starts from uh, 3 to 5 p.m. with the cast of Fiera Ice, Tiffany Diamond DeVille, J'adore Dior, and uh, my favorite new addition to my cast, which is Thin Mint. Um, she was last year uh, Miss Glitz, uh, and so she is a part of the cast uh, with me. And uh, special guests every Sunday. And then we've got Community, which is literally falling right after Drag Me to Brunch from 6 to 8, and that's with Pop-Up Drag as well, too, featuring disco and dance classics from the 70s to today. So. Fantastic. So, yeah, if you're in Atlanta, literally any day, <laughs> there is something with RMS Entertainment going on. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> you are sure to be entertained. Yes. Uh, these shows are going to be fantastic. So, until next time, everybody, keep spreading the love. <laughs>